0: Hi, I'm Tom Field, Editorial Director with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking today with Heidi Kraft, a leadership and career coach and founder of Kraft Your Success Coaching and Consulting. Heidi, thanks so much for joining me to talk about this today.
1: Thank you, Tom, for having me. It's great to be here.
0: So I've read your blog. I've looked at your site. You talk a lot about the softer side of leadership. So help define this for us. What are the soft skills in leadership?
1: Yeah, great. Um, well, the softer skills, ironically, are the ones that are a little bit more difficult to define. So when you think about hard skills, it's easy to say, oh, someone's great in math, or they're a really great project manager, or they're, you know, um, increasing sales by X. The softer skills are things like empathy, could be um, confidence. Even, you know, you hear this term being a people, people person. So they're not necessarily things that people can measure as easily, but they're things that are really, really critical for leadership.
0: So, Heidi, particularly in financial services where we spend a lot of time, it's been a hard year, and hard skills really have been talked about. Tell us why the softer skills are so important now of all times.
1: Wow, perfect question. So I actually think about this in a couple ways. Um, I mean, what you're pointing to in terms of what's happening now is is a leadership challenge, Right. So I think about this is how leadership has changed and the the need that is um, necessary in order to have a new kind of leadership. So we think in the past about what it's been like, which is really this sort of hierarchical um, telling people what to do as opposed to working with people. So I really believe that there's a shift that's happening right now and that people need to be more collaborative, they need to be more innovative, and they really need to be focused on developing that rapport. I mean, let's face it, we all love working with people that like us and we like, right? So there's something really important about, um, even if you think about President Obama, which if you, whether or not you agree with his politics, people describe him as calm and open and empathetic and yet commanding. So you think about that kind of energy, again, those are things that are not easy to, easy to measure, but you sure know it when you feel it. Um, so that's one reason. And the other thing I, I, I think about is just how we're so pressed for time. So with this information overload and instant message and emails and Twitter and Facebook and all those things that are going on um, working twenty four seven. what's tend to be happening is that that human connection is missing more. And so I think there's a real opportunity for leaders in any discipline, you know financial uh, and as well as other disciplines to really um, take that as an opportunity to do things differently. So when I think about um, some of the ways that I work with my clients is I would challenge them, for example, five times a day when you're typically going to send an instant message or an email to something as simple as picking up the phone or or, um, having that communication face-to-face.
0: Oh, good points and good examples. Mm, Thanks. So Heidi, I want to ask you a question from a couple different perspectives here. First, from management's perspective, how do you make these softer skills valued in an organization that maybe has valued the harder skills predominantly?
1: Well, you know, that's a, it's a great question, too, because part of this, like I said, is this look, softer skills are harder to quantify, um, and I'm not sure, are you familiar with the term emotional intelligence? Sure. Okay, great. So that is a term that a, a lot of times is used synonymously with um, interpersonal skills, And what what we know is that um, typically top performers, 90% of top performers, are usually high in in emotional intelligence versus just 20% of low performers. So just from that standpoint, from a management standpoint, I mean, who wouldn't want the the person with emotional intelligence because they're going to be, you know, climbing up the ranks much more quickly and being more successful for that organization. Um, And another thing to quantify for an organization is retention obviously this is an important measurement, and um, we also know the, re, um, the implications of organizations that are constantly losing people and the cost um, to rehire and to retrain. And a lot of times, um, again, this is from the same study I was looking at today, interestingly enough, that has to do with the leadership and interpersonal skills. And there was a, just a study that said like 68% indicated it's a lack of interpersonal skills and leadership skills that are actually having people leave their jobs. They're reporting to those individuals that just don't know how to develop that rapport. So it has a huge impact um, on an organization, um, and I would imagine if you ask somebody to actually do an assessment of what the cost for that retention is, that that would be a pretty, a pretty impactful reason to, to take a look at that and employ some sort of program.
0: Let's flip this around now, Heidi. Let's say that, that I'm an emotionally intelligent person, which, of course, I am. Of course you are. <laughs> I'm in a company where the management doesn't embrace these skills. How does someone from the staff's perspective try to steer management in this direction toward the softer side of leadership?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, it's trickier. There's no doubt. And I love what you said is that when you're coming from a place of being emotionally intelligent, you already have that skill And emotional intelligence starts with self-awareness. It's the first step is there's self-awareness, and then the next step is what do you do with that, which is self-management. And then there's this other piece, which is about social awareness and then relationship management. But if we come back to that first critical step, if you are not aware, then you're not going to necessarily be making a change. So you, as someone who are aware, you have the ability to influence the organization because you know how to be emotional intelligent. So um, again, one of the greatest things you can do is just model it. So um, and and people again start to notice when people are doing something different, they can't quite put their finger on it, but they can feel that they're that they're doing something different. Um, so one way is to model it. The other thing is to point out great skills. So a lot of times um, when you're in a meeting and you can you, know, you can really see someone being successful in a conversation. Maybe it's a sales pitch, and it might be just pulling them aside afterwards and saying, hey, you know, how are you able to actually do that, and do that around someone that may be a peer or a manager who could have influence. So part of it is, is again, pointing out really, really great examples so that they can um, see it. And um, another idea is to really is to, to find allies, like management and quotes of a group, um, it's a pretty broad term. There's got to be somebody in a management team that really gets this and that would embrace it and be willing to, to bring in, whether it be a program or coaching or um, you know speakers here in there or a mentoring program, whatever it could be to, to, to bring that into an organization. It just takes one person as a key influencer to make something like that happen.
0: Now, Heidi, particularly in information security organizations, which we deal with, you've got mm-hmm. people who are focused on their academic education or professional technical training. For these folks, what do they need to do to start focusing on developing these softer skills?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, again, and I would say this the, uh, can apply to, to any industry. And I, I mentioned this piece of self-awareness, and I really, um, really strongly believe it's the starting point. I mean, part of it is is to start with assessing your own skills. So um, there actually are, there's some different online resources that can that can be used. There's a, a website called TalentSmart, I believe it's TalentSmart.com, they actually do a um, a quick test you can take. There's a book that you can buy and I think it's for 20 bucks or something. You can get a sense of, of um, how strong you are in this area. But the biggest piece I notice in, in getting started is you've got to have the reason or the motivation to change. Right? So um a lot, a lot of times we've got to be in some sort of, I hate to use the word pain, but it's reality. Something had to happen in order for you to say, I really got to make a change. So whether you're being bypassed for promotion or um, you're being told you need to develop, you know, more rapport, you're getting feedback in your reviews, Something has has not got you to this point, so having that motivation is really critical. Um, and then, and then, one of the things that I really suggest is to find ways to try out different behaviors and practice it in a way that is safe. So this can sound kind of funny, right? Because, or we're we're, we're we're trying different behaviors, and and that can make us feel kind of really awkward and vulnerable. But it might just be. Find someone that does what, um, what you want to be doing well, and learn from them. Ask them what they're doing that is helping them be so successful, and then ask them if they would actually help you and give you feedback um, after you would try that. So I'm uh, as a as a coach, I'm just a big believer in uh, numbers and and having commitments. And so some of the things I do is um, with clients are are for example just. Ask for three positive and three areas of improvement after every meeting and be transparent about the things that you're learning because I believe that people really um, are willing to support you if they know what you're working on.
0: So, Heidi, if we could boil this all down to a piece of advice, let me ask you this. If you've got someone who wants to start developing their own or their organization's softer leadership skills, what should they do? Where should they start? Mm-hmm.
1: So I think again, back to the point of one: start by assessing your own skills, um, the great starting point. And the other is to get. I'm, I'm repeating a little bit of what I said here a moment again, a moment ago, but really is to get feedback from others and find a way to find some allies or pe- allies or people who are going to support you in this, and and then just practice. Um, one of the one of the things that. Um, I think helps a lot in terms of that self awareness piece is is to just notice what your tendencies typically are. And again, since this is about change and learning um, is to just take the time to try something different. So for just to give a quick example, again, if you're in a meeting and you're the you're the kind of person who when things get really heated, your instinct is to to jump in and and be abrupt or get louder, and we all know people like that, right? Uh, it might be something where the next time you feel that urge, and, and again that could be in that uh, you might feel tense or you might have, feel sort of shaky or sweaty, whatever that physical reaction is, that's a it's a clue. And try something different. Sit back, see what happens if you don't speak, or just pause and reflect. And that's part of of again taking that change um, and starting to develop those kinds of skills. So I like to think of it as it's baby steps.
0: Heidi, that's great insight. Appreciate your time and your thoughts today.
1: Thank you very much. Glad to be here, Tom. Appreciate
0: it. We've been talking about the softer side of leadership. We've been talking with Heidi Kraft, leadership and career coach and founder of Your Success Coaching and Consulting. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tom Field. Thank you very much.